Hello and welcome to How I Met Your Friends, a podcast where we are going to talk about friends and how I met your mother. Uh, two shows from two different decades and joining you are two women. I think that that's a pretty good, like, that's some good math, right? Two, two, two. There you go. Yeah, so uh, it's like some weird two, two, two relationship math that somebody was trying to post about the other day. Yeah. And two, two, two is a very powerful, like, angel number. If you're into numerology, any mm-hmm. any success succession of numbers, like one 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 two two two. Very cool. So, um, my name is Julie. If you're just joining us, um, on Skype is Kathleen. What I'm going to tell you guys tonight is we I'm recording from a different house. I am dog sitting for a friend. If you hear some growling or barking in the background, that's Kenai, who um is a like shepherd mix and therefore cannot handle herself sometimes um so she's having some separation anxiety from her parents and is doing a little bit of pacing tonight so hopefully you guys don't hear too much of that and then we're experiencing a little bit of like skype delays for whatever reason but we're hoping those are going to work themselves out because when the internet works it works well and when it doesn't um it's the bane of my existence wouldn't you agree, Kathleen? Uh, it's, it's true. Yeah. The internet is either your best friend or a piece of shit. Yeah, so we're getting a little bit of fuzziness from you, from your end again, and I don't know how else to, like, fix that. We've gone back and forth and tried this a couple of times, but I think at a certain point we're just going to have to let it, like, work itself out. I think we're probably just going to have to roll with it for the next, what, one, two, three weeks? Well, (laughs) so Kathleen is alluding to last week's announcement that I am getting ready to move from Portland back to Bend, which is my hometown. Um, I've been in Portland for about eight and a half years, and it's just been, it's been a long time, and I'm ready to go home. But my move has been pushed back a couple of weeks due to some renovations that are happening at the house that I'm going to be living in for a while. Um, I have a relative that's uh, bought a new house and is going to let me stay there while they're working on it. But uh, we had to just move it to make sure everything was set up so that I didn't have to deal with like drywall being replaced while I was trying to live there. So it would be the worst. Um, Okay, I think. Well, I, I wanted to say that I did fun stuff this weekend, but um, I dog sat for another dog named Hugo, who um, I get along with very well. He and I have actually lived together before. Kina, I'm aware that you're here. She's trying to give me her bone right now. Come here. Oh, that's okay. Give me the bone. Give me the bone. Give me the bone. Nope. When I try and get it, then she lays down and wants to play with it. So that's how this works. Um, but Hugo and I spent the weekend just reading a manuscript that I'm working on for a publicity company I work for and watching um, a Law & Order SVU marathon because it was one of the actors' birthdays this weekend. So it was all episodes where the character Finn, played by uh, OG rapper Ice-T, was like a main storyline. So I tweeted at him, didn't, you know, didn't get a retweet. It's fine. I know, but like, it was funny because 
I forget that they have cable and I'm so used to Netflix and Hulu and not getting to see things like, well, commercials, first of all, but also just what's available out there. And so it was really fun to just binge Law & Order SVU all weekend. That is kind of awesome. I love that show so much. What did you do this weekend? Um, so when we moved into the house two years ago-ish, everything was white. Every wall was white. All baseboard was white. Everything. Um, carpet was white. And I have had a bug to paint since we were living in the rental. So the first thing that I did was I picked colors for our bedroom and I painted it, but I didn't do such a great job with the lines in, in some areas. So I spent part of my weekend um, doing catch up on the trim and the lines uh, in the bedroom and just other normal house stuff, you know, chores. I slept a lot, which was great because I don't always do that and I love sleep. And um, I didn't had the house to myself I didn't have any other like distractions or hey let's go do a thing so it was like it was really nice um just relaxing <laughs> well those are always good weekends and um I'll admit yeah. I should have done more laundry this weekend and I could have taken it to my friend's house but I didn't so I frantically did laundry yeah. yesterday because I had no clean socks and no clean chonies cheers to that <laughs> there and that had to be remedied I actually contemplated going to Target and buying because I didn't want to do laundry and then I talked myself out of it so when I worked at Target that was actually my real life (laughs) I I did that more times than I care to admit and not just with chonies like shirts pants I needed a new skirt because I didn't have any clean clothes nice And that's how you end up spending your paycheck at a place that you work at. Totally. 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 All right. Well, are we ready to talk about tonight's episodes? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. So we are covering episodes 20, and we are starting with Hi, Met Your Mother. And tonight's episode is titled Best Prom Ever. Um, Real quick, sum it up as quickly as you can, Kathleen. Um, How many proms did you go to? Okay. Did it was it best prom ever? Um, it actually it was. I went to prom with uh, five or six of my best girlfriends, and we had a really amazing time. Didn't have a date or any of that cheesy shit. Um, but it was. I mean, it was really good. I good. I did enjoy myself, and then after prom. Um, everybody came back to my house and we had like sleepover in the motorhome oh nice it was really fun so i went to three um damn i know i was really cute in high school (laughs) um i also was also like a cheerleader and other things um my sophomore year i went with a senior who then made me super uncomfortable at the end of the night and i went with some other friends and went bowling Yay! Yay! In a, in a prom dress. And then my junior year, if I remember correctly, I got stood up. So I was someone else's, like, third wheel. So I just went with my friend and, like, her date. That was a little much of a bummer. He was a kid younger than me, like, what, by one year? And my friend has set it up. And, like, 
he, we weren't like dating. We were just friends. He was friends with her boyfriend. It was going to be like a cute couples thing. And then he just didn't like even return my phone call for like the two days before prom. And so I made him pay me back for his ticket. Hell yeah, you did. (laughs) And then my senior year, I went with a guy who had graduated the year before me. Um, we had a really good time at prom. We rented a house in Sun River. There was like 20 of us there. We were drunk. And then someone got in a fight and things were broken. But it was still a really fun night. It was exactly nope. what Robin says at the end, which we'll get to, was like my senior prom experience. Okay, I didn't know we were going to be telling cute stories because I have a cute prom story. So I had a crush on like 8,000 boys in high school. It was just, it was my thing. It was fine. One of my really good friends, um, I actually happened to have a crush on him, and he was like a giant friend fanatic too, and whatever. But we learned how to swing dance from my best friend Trisha and her brother, and we were we learned how to swing dance, and then like he requested a swing dance song, and we did, and I had a. <laughs> I had a strapless dress, <laughs> and so at one point, at the end of the song, he did like this spinny thing, and I ended up with my arms crossed across my chest, which was great because my dress was down. And he he was like, "Uh, let me, I'm gonna let go now." And I said, "You better fucking not." And I hoisted my dress back up. But I mean, for not having an, a true date, that, that was it. It was really nice to like know that I was going to have a dance with someone and it was somebody that I actually genuinely cared about. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, there was a couple other people I would have rather have gone to, like, all my proms with, but yeah, such as it is, it didn't work out and I still had really good experiences for the majority of what I, the proms I went yeah. to. Um, so this episode starts a little bit, like, frantically. It's exactly what I wrote down. It's Lily and Marshall running down a sidewalk. And we kind of don't know why. And suddenly Ted, older Ted voices over and says, now kids, when you're eight months into your uncle Marshall and aunt Lily's engagement, they, you know, like something happened and we, right. And we find out that there's this building that they want to have their wedding at, which means they've finally agreed that it's not going to be outdoors, like in the forest. It's also a wedding. So we don't call those buildings we call them venues shut up it's like an old historic <laughs> building called Van Smoot House um and all I can think of is the captain every time they say oh. Van Smoot but so they're they're in a chase against two people named Todd and Valerie so what they what he says is that basically when you're planning a wedding there's a couple that always has the same taste as you so you're always competing with them for like the caterer the florist the venue the whatever and so Marshall learns that Van Smoot House is available, and but they have to get down there and put the deposit down right away, or they're going to lose it to Todd and Valerie. And you see him running, and then you see Todd and Valerie, and then they all get in the elevator together. Um, oh, no, he, he makes Lily leave for class. Sorry, I skipped. He makes Lily leave yeah. for because he's like, Lily, it's Van Smoot. We have to go right now. And she goes, kids, keep coloring, and, like, runs out the door. <laughs> um, there are certain there are such things as knocking on your next door teacher's door and saying, Hey, can you watch my class? But my bigger question is why the hell did they both have to go? I don't know. I feel like that's pretty dumb. Cause Marshall could, 
because Marshall can run faster than a machine, so he should have just done it on his Marshall versus the machines. Um, I'm so sad that that episode is so far away because I really do love the singing that happens. Um, so, but they all get into the elevator together and there's really uncomfortable, like, Todd, Valerie, and then they go to take the stairs and Lily hits all of the floor buttons so that the elevator stops on every floor. So she's a petty, petty little child sometimes. You know what? When it's your dream, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yes. So they secure Van Smoot House, but here is the problem. The date that they could get it for is only nine weeks away. Two months. Two months to plan her dream wedding. And so they are at the bar. What? I have a lot of things to say about this. Okay. I'm I'm not married. I've never officially planned a wedding, but as most women of a certain age you've spent a lot of your childhood young adolescence thinking about what you want pinning it on pinterest pinning it i mean i'm just saying there's there's boards for these things Mm -hmm. so my question is how does she how is she not able to plan a wedding in nine weeks but also yeah no i agree I, i could also see like the pressure because they had a, another date in mind already. So right. they have to reinvite their guests. They have to, you know, so there is some of that. But well, like, right, because they wouldn't have sent out any save the dates or anything because those only go out, those go out what? It's like four to six months before and then three months is the actual invitation. Right. And then like an email reminder now or something because you can get those websites that'll do it. Yep. Um. So Lily, they're at the bar. Lily starts freaking out, and Robin's like, how are you going to get this done? And she's like, well, I'm going to get this done because I'm going to give you guys all jobs. And she starts to say that Ted and Robin are going to go to the florist, and then, like, you know, it's so uncomfortable. She, like, takes it back, and she's like, Robin, you do that. And Ted, why don't you help me because I have some architectural questions about my uh, wedding invitations. And Barney just goes, wow, Lily, that was really awkward still really awkward and sure was. all I wrote down was Barney made it worse <laughs> I, I mean as he does as he does I actually have a couple for both episodes where I literally just have a character is and then like an adjective so we'll get to that because it's the worst well like it's just things that these certain characters do and one of them is Barney and it's just Barney made it worse <laughs> um or Barney is something uh, but I'll get I, there really having strong feelings about Barney. Yeah. Um, he does some good things in this episode, though. So they we cut away, and then we're back in the apartment, and everyone's in their same clothes. So this is where I was super confused. So they must have met at the bar, like, right after the end of, like, either them going to Van Smoot House or the work day, because Lily should have gone back and finished teaching her class full of five-year-olds. <laughs> and hopefully hopefully it's not Lord of the Flies in there Um, but so then it cuts away and we come back and Marshall and Ted are bringing in um, boxes of envelopes and like the invitations and Lily is like sprawled out on top of wedding magazines and all this stuff and she's passed out but how would they have already ordered the invitations with the new those take weeks invitations alone can take one to two weeks to get printed 
even from Vistaprint. Yeah. So yeah, there's no way I they would have them same you. day. They would have had to pay so much money to find a printer in New York City to print them same day. So that's Ooh. weird. So that's so that's like a little plot loop that I didn't see because I was actually listening to the episode while I did dinner and ate other things tonight. I so would I say, didn't actually see that. I would say it's kind of bothered me before, but I mean, obviously... I have not had people to talk to it about. Talk to about it. That's what I meant to say. Words. Um, words. But so he goes to wake her up and she's like, we can't do this. We forgot a band. And he's like, no, I've, I've got the band. There's this band that played my law school party and they were really awesome. And they're called the 88. By the way, this is a real band. No band. They are on like half of the How I Met Your Mother soundtrack. Um, it's on Spotify now and it's called How I Met Your Music. And you should look it up. It's really good. Um, they did a full... So people have been making playlists on Spotify before that you could just go and follow. But this is an official one from like Craig Thomas and um, Carter Bays that's like literally the legit music from the show. Um, wow. Yeah, because he was talking about it on... Or he like retweeted the Hey Beautiful pod about it. Um, but yeah, it's called How I Met Your Music. And so then... She's like, no, I, I can't sign off on them until I've heard them and they have to be able to play our song. And Ted's like, Lily, you need to calm down. You're being a little intense. Like, I, she goes, I need them to audition for us. And Marshall goes, the 88 doesn't audition. They're like the Wiggles of wedding bands. Which is hilarious to anybody who knows who the Wiggles are. <laughs> and if you don't, like, you should just Google it because you don't have to have kids to know who the Wiggles are. Um... You just have to be mildly associated with children. Yeah. Or have listened to, I mean, like just pop culture references to the Wiggles. Um, so she, she like goes off on Ted and she's like, if a dinosaur comes out of my butt and eats that coffee table, I'm going to need you to roll with it. And um, what is it? There's like, there was it Wayne's World that's like when toads fly out of my ass or something? And a toad doesn't, anyway. Huh. I nope. could it, it just always that. reminds me of that. Um and then I wrote down Barney is gross, but now I can't remember why. Oh, he says something really inappropriate about a caterer. He walks in and he's like, I just have to tell you about the, the caterer I just tasted and she goes, We have a caterer and he's like, I wasn't talking about your wedding. I thought he said cake. No, he said caterer. Barney, please don't say things like that. Um, so they find out that the 88 are playing at a prom, and they think they can go, but they call the school, and the school's like, no, because you're not a student, and you're adults. So um, Barney wants to sneak in, and Lily goes, yes, I agree with this, and Ted's like, uh, so you really have lost your mind. Yep. Yeah. So she really has. Um... And then Robin's like, well, I want to go with you, Lily, because I never went to prom. You know, I played sports in high school. I was kind of, like, tomboyish. I played field hockey, which never gets mentioned again. Every other reference to her playing a sport is playing hockey, not field hockey. Right. Oh. Right. So, field, so here's what's funny. So we find out later that she 
plays hockey when she's in like middle school, maybe early high school. And then she makes a reference to this of playing field hockey in high school. Just fine. I'm sure they didn't let girls on regular hockey teams. But there's a connotation of field hockey players being lesbians. Well, yeah. I mean, that's it's it's very similar to the softball reference. Right. right. If you play softball, then you're – yeah, exactly. So um, – Ted's like, well, then we should all go. Let's just go as a group. And Robin's like, oh, well, that's too many people. They're not going to let us in. But you understand that it's the, like, Ted, I'm not ready to hang out with you. Like, I deal with you at the bar because we're all here. But, like, I'm not hanging out with you at a prom. Right. And so then um, Ted and Marshall agree that they're going to have a guy's night while the girls are at this prom. And Barney makes fun of them and then is like, oh, but if you guys do actually do that, let me know because I might want to come. And so, um, Robin and Lily come out of Lily's room dressed up, and they're wearing pretty, you know, they're pretty dresses. They're, they are nice dresses. But they're not, like, I don't know, they're not fancy enough, first of all, for prom. I'm not really sure even the ones that Barney puts them in is actually, like, because, I mean, ladies I knew, like, me and my friends, like, that was a big, like, you were a corseted prom dress. Yeah. We need to do ourselves a favor and post our prom pictures. Oh, shit. Mine are on Facebook already, but okay, we can just, sh- like, copy and paste one. I will take a picture of one of my prom photos. Yeah. And we we can judge each other's dresses silently or out loud. Yeah. Um, my senior prom dress was amazing. It was gorgeous. It's so pretty. I wish I still had it. Um, I gave it to one of those reused closets that's in Bend, like to give to other ladies. Do you still have yours? I could punch you. What? Uh, I, um, I had my prom dress for a lot of years and then it was like at my parents' house in a closet and I think he was trying to be funny, but one time my cousin put my prom dress on and never went back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, we all have a couple little moments of, I won't won't say insanity, because he's not crazy, but, like, he put my prom dress on and was just hanging out in the living room. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, (laughs) So funny. So, but Barney, so, like, my prom dresses were always still, like, what Barney says, like, your dresses are too classy. I just think their dresses are too, like, we're going to, like, Lilith Fair. Yeah. Or, like, um, the opera. Yeah, because Lily's yeah. has, like, lace paneling and, like, all the... And I'm like, no, no, no. And so Barney's like, no, you basically have to dress like a stripper. It's go-ho or go-home. <laughs> I don't want to think about, like, 17- and 18-year-old girls right now at proms, like, dressing like hoes. But I will say that I've seen some dresses that shouldn't be at a prom or there out in are, daylight. There are some questionable choices but they've got cute little 17 year old bodies and they look good no judgment right do what and you gotta apparently do their parents okayed it you know what i mean like all above board yeah you do you. so lily kind of freaks out again and is like well if i don't have something to wear i don't know what else to do i have to go see this band i have no time to like find a new band and bernie's like slut up 
And so they go back into Lily's room and Robin's like, I don't think I have any clothes that are slutty enough for this. You know, that's like a funny thing to say. And Lily finds her prom dress from high school. And it's just this like little black like dress, spaghetti straps with like pink flowers on like one shoulder or whatever. And so we flash back to 1996. It's so 90s. And the Verve freshman is playing in the background, which literally... I was a freshman in 1996. I would have been 15 years old. So that was the end of my freshman year. Um, That song used to make me and Leah cry because we had heard a rumor that it was about the lead singer's girlfriend having to have an abortion. Oh. Like, don't know if that was true, but in 1996, that's what we had heard the song Freshman was about. Interesting. Yeah, or that she gets pregnant and, like, doesn't know what to do about it. But, like, we ended up having, like, the abortion talk. Okay. Yes, so. That got deep. Right? Well, I mean, there are songs where you're, like, you think about what was happening. Like, so so for her, she's going back to this big epic moment of her senior prom and, like, this song by The Verve is playing in the background. And then for me, I'm, like, she's 18 and I was a little baby, like, 15 going, like, I don't know what to do with the boy kisses me. You know, anyway. Um, yeah, I didn't know what to do at 18 either, so. Yeah, I unfortunately learned real fast. Um, so it's Lily and Scooter, which we, like, if you don't know yet, and I've mentioned it, is played by um, David Burtka, who is actually Neil Patrick Harris's husband. Um, and they're adorable together. Um, they're babies. They're so cute. I know. Their twins are so cute. So Lily is super goth. She's got, like, a terrible blunt bang haircut, and it's black, like, shoulder length and, like, straight but like not does not I mean it has to be a wig but it's not looking good um and Scooter basically looks like Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. and then he got into umpire school <laughs> is that like any relation to clown college I don't know <laughs> <laughs> how do you have to get accepted to umpire school wouldn't it just be like here's the $50 I want to go to your school like <laughs> sorry it's so mean i can't right now i paid so much to get a master's degree and they're talking about getting accepted to umpire school okay it's over so we flash back to present day and barney walks in and is like you guys are missing something and robin's like i'm not hiking up this skirt anymore and he's like no two beautiful flowers for two beautiful flowers and somehow while they were getting dressed or earlier in the evening again he ran out and got them corsages like and wrist ones at that which is super cute i know um and so then robin like tears up and lily's like making fun of her and she's like shut up i didn't get to go to prom um so they leave barney's gonna help sneak them in and then ted and marshall um have all of the invitations and they ted's like let's go get drunk and marshall's like instead let's stuff all these invitations and we'll make a dream or we'll make a game out of it um and ted's like what's the prize (laughs) so then um we're out at the prom and um they they have security and lily's like well we're just gonna have to pretend that we belong they're gonna let us in it's no problem we'll just act like we're students and they get stopped immediately and the security guys are like yeah you're adults you're not coming in here. Well, 
she was using high school lingo from when she was in high school. Go to prom. Woohoo! <laughs> it was so lame. It was so <laughs> terrible. Um, so she explains the issue to the guard. She's like, I only have two months to play my wedding. I need to see this band. And he's like, you don't have a band yet? Your wedding's two months away? Dude, I don't know how in that scenario I wouldn't have need the guy in the junk for pissing me off. I wanted to flip him off so bad. Right. And so, but what they say, which is super inappropriate, you either need to be a student or the date of a student. Not, I mean, they're not wrong because those were the rules for my high school. But, but also you, did, you needed to be a student age. You couldn't be like a 26-year-old. Right. Date. We, so like I said, the, the guy that came to my prom with me my senior year had graduated the year before us. And so he was like 20 and I was 18. We, I had to get special permission. So he had, so first of all, I had to put his name on the list. I had to buy his ticket. And when he showed up, he had to show them his driver's license. And like, that was how it worked. Like you had to tell them who was coming to the prom and we didn't have security. This was just teachers doing it. Um, so they think they're not going to be able to get in, get in and Robin, um, walks over and just asks these two guys that don't have dates like do you want to go to prom with us and they're like we don't have money for that (laughs) and because everyone is a hooker apparently because last week was mary the paralegal who was a hooker and now people are thinking robin is and so um they do get in though um and as soon as they walk in the band's like we're going on a break thank you and so they can't hear them play and um Robin's date hands her a flask, but it's full of cough syrup instead of booze. I also have a question. Uh, How did they get tickets? Because they don't typically, they didn't sell those at the door for prom. Like, if you didn't get it Friday, DNF, you did not qualify. So, how did they get the tickets? And B, did they give the money to the high school kids to go buy the tickets? Or... Yeah, there's a couple of loopholes because I think what people don't realize is, like, first of all, every dance costs. Even something as simple as, like, we had a 70s night dance when I was, like, a sophomore and it was, like, $15. Because it's all a fundraiser for, like, the Student Body Association or something like that. Um, Or to pay back, you know, the freaking DJ. Our prom, if I remember correctly, was, like, 80 bucks a person. So, like, I shelled out $160 for me and my date and then for my dress. And then his, he paid for his tux and he paid for dinner. Like holy crap it's expensive (laughs) dude i'm so glad i didn't have a date (laughs) oh yeah it was bonkers crazy expensive um no again this is a little bit one of those loopholes of like oh we're just gonna find somebody that can take us into prom no thought of like yeah you have to actually pay to get in it's not just like a i go to school here let's do this and have a good time right Um, it's not free yeah at all so Lily goes up and talks to the band and is like, I need you to play this song so I can know that you can play at my wedding. And the guy's like, um, yeah, I'm pretty wasted. If you can just bring the sheet music, we'll play it. And so it also turns out she finally says that their song is Good Feeling by the Violent Femmes. Um, I loved the Violent Femmes. A friend started playing them for us when we were in like seventh or eighth grade. Here's what's really funny. My uncle, who lives in Bend now, but used to live down in the Bay Area, literally saw the Violent Femmes in the early 90s at, like, a county fair before they were famous. Mm -hmm. I had, like, massive crushes on 
guys in that band. We listened to every single album. I couldn't tell you another song title right now off the top of my head, but if you had asked 14-year-old me, oh, I would have told you all of them. Like, and some lyrics. And some lyrics. Like, yes. I'm going to have to go find them on Spotify and maybe listen to them at work tomorrow. So... Marshall and Ted are still stuffing invitations. Robin calls um, Marshall and is like, hey, can you bring the sheet music for the song? And then the band will play it. And Marshall's like, can Ted come? And so Robin goes off on this big thing. And while Robin's going off on this like little tirade about like, well, he lied to me and told me he had a girlfriend and he broke up with her, but he didn't. Barney is trying to get in through an air duct in, <laughs> in the wall, like in the ceiling of the gym. And he instantly gets caught by security. But Robin is like hash, like rehashing this way too much. Like I understand that she's still upset, but all she needed to do was say to Marshall is I'm not comfortable with hanging out with Ted right now. So can you just come by yourself with the sheet music? Like, I don't understand why you have to keep saying what he, we all know what he did, Robin. Um, so, but what was funny is that like Ted's in the background going, I don't even want to go tell her I don't want to go. And then he's like, what is she saying about me? And it's so high school. So high school. So high school. Like, just so funny of, like, three-way calling and talking about your friends behind their back and then, like, doing all the, oh, my God, so, it's so immature, Um, which we know they are a lot. Writing notes and passing it to the other person that wasn't wasn't supposed to get it. Yes. Ugh. And so they get off the phone and Marshall looks at Ted and goes, she totally wants you to come. Not true. I, I, I think that Robin doth protest too much. So. Good. Good use. Thank you. Um, but so Lily's freaking out that like everything's moving too fast. So there's the, she flashes back to prom again. Um, and Scooter's like, what's too fast? I'll go to umpire school. You'll go to college. We'll get married. We'll move into my dad's basement on Staten Island or whatever he says. Like, ooh, so gross. Um, and like, it's not decided. And Lily's like, Scooter, when I go to college, like, this is it. Like, we're done. You know, I want to go to Europe. I, I want to live a bohemian lifestyle. Maybe I want to kiss a girl. And so. No, she said. Experience. Did she actually say it? She says the word okay, lesbian experience you. to Scooter. Um, and so Lily's kind of like in her head yelling at Scooter and then is like yelling at her prom date and he's like, I just wanted you to dance with me. And so they do get up and dance and um, Robin's dancing with her date, but Lily asks the her date like what he's going to do and he's like, well, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to, like, build an empire and I'm going to go to, you know, Prague and, like, do all these things. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to get a girlfriend. You're never going to do what you set out to do and you're just going to waste your life. And he's like, you think I'm going to get a girlfriend? <laughs> because poor 17, 18-year-old kid that he is is just like, that sounds like the best thing you've, like, I've heard so far. Um, I do hate that she unloads on this kid. But I will tell you that as we have referenced um, in the recent past, my 20-year reunion is this summer. Um, I'm helping plan it. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm also very nervous because I am very glad I went back to school and that I have my master's degree. 
but things since graduation have not turned out as spectacularly as I had wanted them to. So there is a part of me when Lily has this entire tirade about like where she is 10 years, more than 10 years, or no, about 10 years after graduation because she and Marshall have already been together for like nine. Right. That she's nowhere, she's not done any of the things that she said she was going to do. Like she, now, um, we're going to get to it in a second in more depth, but she talks about like going on trips, which she actually did do like a semester abroad. So she needs to back down a little bit on the whole like living this bohemian lifestyle abroad, like get over your shit. You, you went to well, Paris. No, she went and did a semester abroad. Right. She was not living like, Oh, I'm going to work at a cafe for four weeks in Paris and then I'm going right. to go down to Nice and then I'm going to head Italy. That's what I think she had in mind. And she did the semester abroad as kind of like a piece of that, but it was still school. She was still very structured. She didn't have, it wasn't the vision. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had some feelings watching this earlier tonight and, you know, like it's not a good feeling sometimes. Good feeling. Won't you stay with me? It's, it's a weird thing to contemplate, like, you know, turning a certain age, having these, like, life um, markers that come up where you're like, man, I've been out of high school for 20 years. Like, that's longer than, you know, it was to get through school. So, like, what have I done since then? And it's that comparison thing that you start to do. And it's really detrimental because, like, I don't want to get married and have kids. That's not on my life plan at all. And so to compare myself to the friends that have done that – doesn't really bother me but it's the friends who are like oh I have this job that I really love and I make $75,000 a year and like all these things where I'm like I would can we talk can you I need to get closer to that and so when Lily's talking about that like I didn't do the things that I thought I was going to do and I agree (laughs) I, I would say that there is a huge population I mean kind of kind of like just in our country, there's a huge population that had bigger dreams for themselves, and myself included. Like, I I saw my life going in a completely different direction, but I'm relatively happy where I am. You know, like, overall, good relationship, all that stuff. But I definitely saw myself going in a slightly different direction. And, you know, even even now, I'm almost 33, and there are still things that I want to accomplish, but it's not fifteen year old Kathleen would be like, What up, sis? Yeah, I feel like um seventeen, eighteen year old me would have some words for like, what are you doing? Like get get your acting gear. Cause the thing yeah. is is that like we're all responsible. So I had a little life coaching session yesterday with someone who needed to practice. I saw that. Yeah. And I saw her post and then I saw your post. Yeah, it was really exciting and At the same time, like, one of the things we talked about is that, like, so I'm responsible for the way that I feel. So I'm responsible for this feeling of, like, where is my life and where do I want it to go? So it's not anything where I can go, like, oh, somebody else did something. Like, Lily Lily is having a little bit – because I think she's – so she's questioning her life. She says to Robin in the bathroom in a few minutes, I'm not questioning Marshall – but there is a strong undertone to me that she is. That she met Marshall. She like wants to be with him very badly. And that's fine. 
but that she let her things go and she we're gonna find out in some in the next two episodes we're almost to the end of season one for how i met your mother and some major things are gonna happen um so without talking about them too much and obviously we do give spoilers i feel like she's putting a little bit of it on Marshall saying this is what he wants to do and he wants to get married and I've never told him no and she needs to own it more to say Marshall I need to go do these things because he would have let her oh absolutely good use of a word Thank you. um anyway back to the funny things Robin's date pukes on her which is oh yeah that's hilarious has really. to happen at every prom it has to happen at prom I don't want to be puked on but puke happens because I was a good kid. I was not. So um, Ted and Marshall get into the prom by basically just walking in a back door, but Barney paid somebody to borrow the turtle mascot suit to get in and then still gets in trouble. So Marshall asks Lily's date where she is, and he's like, she's here with me, and I, I finally got a girl, and you're not taking her, and, like, pushes Marshall, and then hits Marshall with nunchucks. <laughs> Which, like... So what was security for? Um, they did not do pat down. No, well, but they still should have, like, a metal detector should have found, like, the pieces of metal that, like, ha- anyway. So Robin and Lily are in the bathroom because Robin's cleaning up, and she asks Lily why she's freaking out. And she's like, she's, she says, I'm second-guessing the things that I haven't done. Um, you know, I never lived abroad, and, and then I wrote down, yes, she did. Um, she, you know, she met Marshall and basically, like, stopped, stopped the forward momentum of her life which again you have to like what you're saying you have to look at the moment and say is what you're doing making you happy then don't worry about everything else yeah your your goals kind of realign right you know um and there are still plenty of things that like one of my absolute 100 percent life dream goals was to have a little downtown apartment above the shop when I was 22. Like, I've talked about this so many times, and when I was in my early 20s and working at the restaurant, I was still technically living at home, but I had friends that were doing that, and that was something that, to me, epitomizes your early 20s. Like, you can't afford jack shit, so you're living in this tiny little one-bedroom thing above a downtown apart a downtown shop that was built in the 1920s like that but now i mean i'm i'm not 22 anymore so do you let that go or do you you know what do you do and i mean we're not in a place where i need a downtown apartment yeah i would give so, anything for your house right about now um oh, oh my god i love your house Although, if we can find me one of those places in Redmond, then you can just come hang out with me in my little apartment above the old hotel or something. Looking. You're looking for me? I yes. love you. <laughs> um, I'm you're so funny. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so Robin says you're marrying your best friend. You can still travel. You can still paint. And then Robin kisses her very politely and was like, how is that? And Lily goes, so field hockey, huh? And I just want to be like, stop making lesbian jokes. So this is another part where Robin almost flips her personality because she's like, hey, you're kind of already living the dream. Right. You're going to marry this dude 
and it may, it might not necessarily be Robin's total complete dream, but she recognizes it for what it is and is able to support Lily, but also may have like a, oh shit, do I want that? Yeah. So I, that's what I saw in that scene. Yeah. Um, so security throws every, the guys out. Um, Barney creates a diversion so that Ted and Marshall can go back in. The eighty-eight are playing "Good Feeling," and it's a very good version of um, that mm-hmm. song. Um, so Ted and Robin dance, and Ted says, "How was your first prom?" And she says, "Well, I hated my dress. I got puked on. There was a huge fight, and I kissed a girl." And he goes, "So prom?" <laughs> and then I want to be like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." Um, so then Barney's out in the courtyard giving guys strip club advice as to why you never wear jeans to the strip club. Do you get yeah. that? Why he's saying that? I, I do. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> good. So Marshall says he's really happy with the band and he like hugs Lily and he's like, two months, baby, two months. And you just see her face where she's like, oh, shit. Like two months shadowing yeah for sure so the funny thing is is like i really do like this episode i think that it has some really funny um like catchphrases i actually do like barney saying slut up just because i I did too and and it's funny probably because i've worn some questionable outfits in my past but like i didn't take it as a negative you sometimes i wish that we could reclaim that word I mean, we're never going to in our lifetime, but. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think there's some times, like, people have jokingly called that. They're like, well, didn't you used to be a slut? And I was like, yeah, I was. I'm like, I still would be if I could find a guy that I actually wanted to do it with. I have no problem with, like, casual. Sexual freedom. Yeah, casual, like, doing it with people. why does it have to be slutty? It's still a negative connotation. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when people call me a bitch, and I'm like, yeah, so. So I'm down with it. But I do think that this is, so here's one of the things that I think How I Met Your Mother does very differently than Friends. Um, We're going to get into an episode that has some heavier stuff in it, but How I Met Your Mother treats the heavy stuff. Hold on. Did I lose the dog? Kenai. I'm pretty sure she just went up the stairs. Hey, come here. You don't get to do that. She's looking for her parents. I know. I'm so sorry. They're going to be back in like two days. Um... They do the heavy stuff with, I think, enough dose of um, laughter that you almost forget that you're looking at people who are, like, legitimately starting to feel the things that those of us, you know, who were coming of age during this time and in the early 2000s, that people are like, oh, you just don't know what you want. It's like, no, that's just it. We really don't know what we want. Like, we've been told the things we're supposed to do, but we don't necessarily agree with them. And, you know, Marshall's, like, happy with everything in his life. And Lily's like, I don't know what to do at all. So, I don't know. I really like this episode. Um, I really like this episode. And I, okay, I'm not going to say the next part because I'm going to save it. Okay. So, let's get to Friends. So, this is the one with the evil orthodontist. And I have to tell you that um, the episode title makes me laugh because there are only a few professions that I think people have to be absolutely insane to choose to go into. And one of those is any kind of dentistry. And the other one for me is podiatry because feet are gross. Yeah. 
But feet are gross. Feet are gross. But I have such bad, like, dental issues, you know, like a tooth being pulled and root canals and crowns that people who, and I know that you can make good money and I'm sure there are people who are like, no, I want to fix people's smiles because it's a big part of, you know, your confidence. I think you're insane. Teeth, don't. <laughs> that was the cre- I should have taken a screen grab right then because that was the creepiest smile you just gave me. Um, you're welcome. So for me personally, all orthodontists are evil. Um, I never had to see one because I didn't have braces. I have had right. one or two dentists that I did not think were evil, but I still told them I questioned their life choices. So I have a very early childhood memory of going to the dentist. And first of all, there's something that you should know, and this is probably going to backfire because when people hear it, that's when they start to do it. Don't ever fucking call me Kathy. Ever. Ever. I think I actually knew that. Yeah, you probably did. So I had this dentist, and he called me Kathy like four different times while his hand was in my mouth. Oh, God. And I bit him. I was like, I was like less than six. But also, don't fucking call me Kathy. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Um, oh, a PD, a yeah, a pediatrics doctor, whatever you want to call that. Sorry, I can't. Pediatrician? Pediatrician, thank you. Couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. A pediatrician, a pediatrician was trying to take a throat swab of me one time for strep and I bit him. I mean, that's also fair. It, I don't care for those. Um, I don't like swabs anywhere that they shouldn't be. No, God. Just. Yeah, yeah, true story. So it opens with, um, we're, we're in the apartment, everyone's gathered around, and Chandler and Joey are basically arguing about Mr. Peanut and Mr. Salty. Now, I don't actually remember who Mr. Salty is. I would have to Google it. Okay. Thank you. But I thought I was losing my damn mind. Mr. Peanut is back in the, like, public uh, yes. of social media. Did you see him? About I think it was about the Super Bowl, but did you see him tweet? So there is an actual Mr. Peanut Twitter account that I highly recommend people go and follow because right around um, hold on, let me see if I can find Mr. Peanut. Yes, the official uh, Twitter of Mr. Peanut. Like a creepy makeover. Um, you know I don't mind it, but he trolled the Super Bowl like. I think it was the Super Bowl. Let me see if I can find When was the Super Bowl? Like two weeks ago? February 3rd. Oh, crap. I should have cheat. I should have oh, saved wait. this. Let me see if I can find the tweet. But basically what I think most people need to do is actually go and follow Mr. Peanut on Twitter if you are a Twitter person because it's pretty funny. Like, and I was really surprised to have a um something like this actually try and be like funny to get people's like attention that way um crap now i can't find it anyway he was tweeting a bunch during i think it was the super bowl and giving away some stuff but like this twitter thread it's i love your nuts at ask dr ruth told 
at Mr. Peanut. <laughs> I'm going down that wormhole right now. There was a different one though where it was a oh, no, I think it I think I remember what it was now. Man, okay, it was completely different. It was during the Super Bowl. If I remember correctly now, God, I'm gonna have to find it. He trolled Scientology for having an ad during the Super Bowl. Shut up. No, he full, like, there was a full-on post that was, like, something about, like, a Scientology ad. And I happened to catch it because I watch uh, Leah Romini's show, Scientology, The Aftermath, because I've just always been really interested in, I mean, I love, I mean, I don't love cults. Let's not say it that way. I like, I like learning about some of that stuff because, um, like, I was raised in a, pretty religious household and there still is and it's not that I disagree with like religion or like the practice of it but I have like my mind can't comprehend the people who join cults and follow them and like the Bhagwan Rajneesh in Antelope and like which if you guys are um fans of true crime you should check out Wild Wild Country the Netflix uh, documentary about the really Rajneesh um, antelope is about an hour outside of Bend. Is that right? No, it's... Um, is it closer to... It's like, it's north of Madras. Oh, okay. Like, so about an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's one of our claims to fame in Central Oregon is that, like, we... I actually know someone who ate at one of the Wendy's that was, like, poisoned by the Bhagwan Rajneesh and, like, her mom got sick. The dude that they tried to poison in the hospital was my dad's girlfriend's dad in high school. So crazy. So. Anyway, so I've been really intrigued by the Scientology show, and so when they retweeted it, but basically it was Mr. Peanut. And so then when this, when I, I hit on this being like, oh my god, Mr. Peanut, but I don't remember who Mr. Salty is. I think it's just another like. Did you look it up? So I actually went and searched for Mr. Peanut Scientology Super Bowl instead because that sounded way more interesting. <laughs> okay, wait. Really quick, just because I have to, we're going to look up Mr. Salty. Just because, oh, he was the pretzel guy. Oh, pretzel guy? he's the pretzel guy. Do you see it? What pretzels? Nabisco pretzels? So they're Nabisco Mr. Salty Pretzel Twists. So he's a sailor with a sailor hat and the sailor tie, no clothes otherwise. Of course. And he's from like the 80s and so like probably the late 70s, 80s, maybe early 90s like when this was out. And so what they're fighting about is who could win in a fight. And he, and Joey's like, no, Mr. Salty because he's a sailor. And they're like, yeah, but Mr. Peanut has like the monocle. And anyway, so they're getting into this fight. <laughs> they're getting way further into it than right? we are. But Phoebe happens to walk by and she's like, you guys, there's a creep with a telescope looking at us. And so they go over to the window and they're like, that's such an invasion of privacy. Like, how can you do that? And they start to walk away and then all of a sudden goes, oh my God, you guys, ugly naked guy got gravity boots. And they all run over and start looking at him. Um, I just cannot with gravity boots. And ugly, okay. Ugly naked guy got gravity boots. in the alternate universe, like, that's that's fine. Wherever they started watching him, that's all fine and dandy. But um, the fact that they call him ugly naked guy, and they're talking about him with gravity boots. I know, it's pretty gross. Okay, ugly I'm naked. not entirely sure what gravity boots are, but I imagine them to be, like, those bouncy things that we had as kids. Do you remember? 
Oh, um, no. And I thought they were, I thought it was something more like um, doing exercises with where you like have those boots and you get up on the, no, it's, ooh, air kicks, gravity boots. You're right. They have the bouncy bottoms. So they like, so everything would be jiggling and shaking. Yes. Okay. We need to stop talking about this now. But, no, no. But what were things? Oh, wait. No, these are gravity boots that you can get at Dick's Sporting Goods and they look like, and they have the hangy upside down thing. Yeah. So I think maybe it gets used two different ways, but I'm thinking that what, I don't know what Phoebe meant. I'm talking, mine, the thing that I'm thinking of are like, like moon bouncers or something. Yeah, bouncy things. So, um, but we we cut to the uh, cafe later, and Chandler is telling them about this great first date he had, which of course he's not known for having. And Monica's like, "Okay, well, when are you, did you call her?" And he's like, "No, I can't call her. I'd be too needy." And so the girls are just like, "Oh my God, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you guys like Mother this?" Wants me to go out and find one of you. I love that line. She's like, yeah, I mean, I have to say that there are, like, stories my friends tell me about dating that I'm just kind of like, you know what, gonna, gonna keep not doing that for a while. Like, can't handle the things you guys are telling me. So, Joey. That sucks so bad. I love dating so much. But Joey's like, yeah, you should let her dang, you should let her dangle. And Phoebe goes... No, you should call her. Stop being so testosterone-y. And Chandler goes, which is the real San Francisco treat? Which, I'm sorry, to me, is a gay joke. It is. It's so not nice. It's not nice. It's not nice. Okay. And, I mean, I'm all for inclusion. Whatever. You, you, by now you know me. But, dear God, was that funny. <laughs> because it's a play on words. Because... They say rice around the San Francisco, Francisco treat. Now, is that true? Does San so, Francisco really want to be known? Does San Francisco really want to be known for a terrible rice dish? Like, that's a terrible oh. rice dish. I hate rice aroni. I know lots of really fun things about San Francisco, right? and most of them are not about rice. Like, even just if they were known for Ghirardelli chocolate, I'd be okay with that. Okay, we're not. I will tell you a side story about my trip to the Ghirardelli Chocolate Square. Okay, later. Um, mm-hmm. But so he does call her. He calls expecting her or gets her answer machine and hangs up. And they're like, you know, you could talk to it. And he's like, no, I can't do spontaneous. And then, which I completely agree. Like there are times where I've literally written down what I'm going to say on a voicemail. Don't don't start. Not usually about a date, but about like a job or about like, like a, a client yeah, yeah. thing. I've done that too. Yeah, for like a client thing. So then Phoebe sees Rachel and Barry on the sidewalk. Now, here's what's funny to me. We left on such a cliffhanger on the last episode with Barry bursting into the apartment and cock-blocking Ross and being like, Rachel, I'm still in love with you. And yet we don't open this episode with, like, the resolution of that. It's almost like it didn't happen. And we don't know if it's the next day or days later. But basically we know that Rachel and Barry have gone on, like, a date like yeah. an implied date yeah. um he bought her lunch he bought her her favorite perfume um then ross is like well did you tell him to go away and she's like no um it's comfortable and it's familiar and there's still feelings there and like blah 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 i mean 
I don't disagree. <laughs> this is how I was on again, off again with a gentleman for nine years. So... <laughs> no, I have absolutely not. I mean, I have no... I have no judgment. Pot, I, kettle, black. Yeah, <laughs> like, I did some questionable things in my early years. Yeah. Um, and, but they're like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, no, it's different. I really had to, you know, I really had fun. And that's what she'd been missing from Barry. Like he wasn't fun. And so Monica's well, so like. he reminded her of Mr. Potato Head. I don't know about you, but what is more fun than Mr. Potato Head? <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to date him. I wanted to put him together for Mrs. Potato Head. I didn't want to like go out with him. Did I ever tell you about the time that I made a stop motion music video with my friend slash music writer slash singer slash producer and it was starring mr potato head no but if there's video evidence of that i'm gonna need it um okay i'll send it to you okay so monica reminds her about mindy and she's like no you're right i'll i'll go and end it with him this afternoon like obviously they had lunch on his break from work or something and he goes back to work she goes to end it and Next scene is they're laying in his orthodontist chair wrapped in gowns because they just did it. Um, Not terrible. Okay, those chairs are terrible. I don't ever want to think about sitting in one of those chairs and someone have, having had sex in them. And just gross. You don't have sex in a medical... I mean, I get maybe that a medical office is cleaner than most, but, like, it's really gross to me. Like, this whole thing... I. I have a lot of feelings about having sex at the orthodontist's office. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about having sex in a lot of places, and none of that appeals to me. So, the comfort level, I, I mean, good on you if, no, no. So, she says, Barry, that was good, and, like, that was different than it was before, right? Like, I wasn't just imagining it, and he's like, oh, no, he's like, that time was good. And it didn't used to be with them. Like, it was whatever. And, and she makes a joke that when I was a kid, I think I did ask my mom about. But I, she goes, oh, and it's so nice having this little sink here. And I think I was like, mom, what is she, like, why does she need a sink? And she's like, don't worry about it. Oh, my God. I literally just got that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to lose it. You know, the thing I, is, is that, like, I, would, okay. I think I it could go a couple different ways. Gentle, innocent mind. <laughs> Which was what, oh, Kathleen? Okay, say that with a straight face. Well, um, I was picturing like, oh, you need a nightstand with some water, and this is a nightstand with built-in water. Because they, I mean, they do. They, yeah. it has the little shooty water thing. Yeah. But now you're just, <laughs> you just blew my mind. I'm just saying, like, maybe if she needed to rinse and spit. That's what I, it was. I get it. I'm picking up for? what you're putting down. Okay, I'm grossed out. Um, so Chan <laughs> so we're back at the apartment and Chandler has written out a message to Sam the answering machine. He does it. It took him two hours, but it was only like three sentences. Three lines. He yeah. was honing it. He was honing it for that amount of time because he has no life. So the person with the telescope is back. Um feet like they're Wait. trying to like what? We got, we got to get back to the Chandler thing because at the end he does this little touching and making noise thing and he says, I wanted her to think I might be at a restaurant. What the fuck? You gave her your home number, you jackass. And also, 
cell phones don't exist really anymore so why would you be using the restaurant's phone to call a date to tell her you want to go out on another on a date with her you wouldn't and we already know that they exchanged numbers it wasn't just like oh here's my number like i mean no yeah so she knows his number um he's trying to fake it don't fake it so Everybody, but everybody's upset at the telescope person, and they're like trying to wave the person, like stop looking at us, and like he waves back at Phoebe. Joey says he's really upset because he's caught him looking into their apartment, which, by the way, is not possible. I was, I needed to talk about this because if their apartments are uh, next door or you know across the, the hall, hall, but then in front of Joey and Chandler's apartment is the staircase, unless they have like. Like, they go under the staircase in a weird way, but also that doesn't make sense. And there wouldn't be a... There would be a window if, like, the apartment extended under the staircase for some reason. But I don't see that logically happening. So on one of the Friends fan pages, someone put together what they think is the architectural layout of the two apartments. And I'll find it and we'll have to repost it. But it doesn't, there's no way that they can see inside of Joey and Chandler's apartment. Well, even if, okay, so let's say that it did extend under the staircase. We know that the door opens into their kitchen and that front space is the bathroom. Mm Mm-hmm. None of it works. Nope, none of it works. But it does get Joey to say something that is really funny. And he says, I don't feel comfortable. What if I am cooking naked? And somebody's like, what do you cook? And he's like, toast, oatmeal, you know, nothing that spatters. And everybody looks at Chandler and Chandler goes, what? I didn't know he did that. <laughs> um, yeah, don't cook bacon naked. Oh, true story. Just, just don't. I know. Um, so we're back at the orthodontist office and Rachel's trying to tell Barry that they shouldn't see each other anymore. Um, and you know, he should go be with Mindy and he says, well, we should go to way together this weekend. Let's go to Aruba. Like when I went on our honeymoon, it was great. And such a terrible statement. You love it. And she's like, I had a bra when I came in. Now, how do you put your shirt on without your bra? Like, how do you, I always remember that I had a bra on. I mean, if you're wearing a bra, you're going to remember it. I, you, you don't, you can't. You yeah. can't miss a step. But it's really funny because, like, Barry in his head is, like, going through the steps and he flings his hand over his shoulder, like, where did that bra go? And he goes, oh, and it's up on his cabinet. Like, he's right. going through the how they undressed each other, which is pretty funny. Um, so the nurse, like, calls in on the speaker and is like, you know, this patient's waiting for you. And he's like, okay. And so the patient comes in and Barry pretends to be, like, examining Rachel's teeth and is like, oh, this is working out really well. And I'll see you next time. And they look at the kid, and the kid's like, I'm 12. I'm not stupid. <laughs> um, I love that. But also, nobody has ever let me walk to an exam room by myself. Yeah. I, You know, I get it. It's for TV. Like, but... either the dentist comes out and gets you, or the nurse takes you, like, the dental assistant takes you back and does the things, and then, yeah, gets you ready. Anyway. So, um... Chandler goes over to Monica's apartment and is like, can I use your phone? And um, calls his own phone and it rings. And uh, he's like, that girl still hasn't called me. And everyone's like, call her machine again if she has a lot of beeps. She hasn't been home for a while. And he does. And she answers and he hangs up. How can you hear somebody else's beeps? 
I think Phoebe's point was that like so the when the message says like hi you've reached so and so and then it's please leave a message after the beep you it would actually go for longer because it was like moving the tape into the right position so like if it was a short just like beep but if it went I don't know that it's so long ago that I had an answering machine with a tape that I could not actually tell you like if if what she's saying is true but that was my thought whether it's right or not that makes sense um so rachel comes in and monica goes into the kitchen to talk to her and is kind of like well did you like break up with him and rachel's like uh or no monica goes you have dental floss in your hair and she's like first they go how did it go with barry and rachel goes he took it very well (laughs) so gross um and monica says something and rachel goes we had sex in his chair and then Monica very loudly goes, you had sex in his chair. And like everybody hears and Ross is super upset, you know, like why, why did you do that? And Rachel comes out and, and she makes a valid point, but she looks at him and she goes, this is like me and Barry are like you and Carol. You're telling me that if Carol was sitting on this couch and said, you know, I love you, take me now, you wouldn't. And Ross kind of looks at the couch in a way that he's like, oh crap. And Chandler's sitting there and Chandler goes, if, I need to move over. Just let me know. Um, if it helps, I can get out of the way. If it helps, I can move. And so, like, Ross ends up leaving because he, he, he's lost his argument. I mean, I don't think that what Rachel is doing is right when it comes to the fact that Barry is not a single person. Like, there is another person involved. He's engaged to her. It's also someone that used to be Rachel's friend. It's very messy. But in the argument of, like, safe, comfortable um familiar you know knowing someone that well she's not wrong no would you do it again if there were still questionable outlying she's not wrong at all yeah at all so and he he goes well it's like comparing apples and ortho uh, oranges it's orthodontists and lesbians like it's anyway so um, a phone rings and Chandler freaks out for his phone, but it turns out it's the girl's phone that's ringing. And so Rachel answers it and it's Mindy. And um, she asks Rachel to get together and it turns out she's working. So she's going to come to the coffee shop. But the whole time that Rachel's on the phone, she's pacing the living room and everyone's having to pick their feet up from like the coffee table every time she goes by. Um, and I'm a nervous like, I'm a nervous talker on the phone. Like, I'll walk around my house. Um, so I get that. So they firm up the plans to meet. And then Rachel's like, I better call Barry and tell him. So she dials his number and gets Mindy because... Mindy's at Barry's house. They live together, I think. They're engaged. Yes. Um, so then it's like... The next day, I think, and Chandler is staring at his phone and Monica walks up behind him and, like, makes a ringing sound and, like, messes with him. And he goes, hell is filled with people like you, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but Joey comes walking in and he's like, the the peeper is back. And he, like, something else. And then Rachel, like, leaves for work and... They're like, what are you going to do? Some Somebody's talking to her about something. and but, but Rachel makes a comment where she says something about, like, um, it's been seven months. So we have a timeline of how long she's lived with Monica now. Mm-hmm. 
And that's like the, I think that's the first and probably only time we actually get like that hint of how long it's been since she ran out. So in seven months from the day they were, they were supposed to get married, he's already engaged to someone else. Well, when you know, you know, Julie. Uh, no, dude moves fast and he a hoe. Well, and as we know in past tense world, he was already sleeping with Mindy a long time ago. True dat, true dat. Um, so Chandler says to Monica, will you watch my phone while I go into the bathroom? And she's like, you don't want to go take it in there? And he's like, no, we've not been on a second date. She doesn't need to hear me pee. Because, of course, you know as soon as you walk into the bathroom, that's when your phone rings. Because, um, like, yes, yes, it is. that's how it works. Cell phone world. You, you go to the bathroom and then the UPS man shows up and, like, needs you to sign for a package. Um, so... He calls her, she answers, he tells her that he accidentally shut off his phone, or like the ringer, and so he wanted to call her in case she had been calling him. And she's like, well, I'm on the other line, let me call you back. And he does this little happy dance. And then we cut to the cafe, or to Central Perk, and Mindy comes in, and who is it? Who is it, Kathleen? Jennifer Grey. From? Dirty Dancing. Yes! I love her so much. Um... I love Dirty Dancing with the fire of a thousand suns. Legit, one of my favorite movies. uh, It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I watched it on repeat um, when I was a kid. My Uncle Joey used to babysit me, and he let me watch Dirty Dancing when I was really little. And I knew how to... I knew how to do all the dance moves, and I wanted to be baby when I grew up, and we had the same hair, and... You do. Yeah. And I just, I love everything about it, and my mom was here um, not that long ago, and something about Dirty Dancing came up, and she was like, well, we both really love this movie. Oh, actually, no, we were watching, um, we were watching Pretty in Pink, which is not the same, I know. But that's where the train of thought started. Yeah. And then, um, we kind of segued and, like, I just, I love that movie so much. And I just saw somebody post a Dirty Dancing first wedding dance with lifts and everything. Aww. Like, legit dance goals. Yeah, that's really cute. Sorry got all dirty dancing on you and like i'm gooey right now that's that's how good it's making me feel oh you're so funny oh why are are we getting that weird feedback again i'm not okay just did it for a second okay so she asks rachel to sit down and it kind of makes it seem like she's gonna have some bad news but instead she this is so terrible she asks rachel to be her maid of honor and rachel says yes rachel says yes so they're both idiots And they're, like, hugging each other. And then all of a sudden, Mindy starts crying. And these are not happy tears. Nope. She says she thinks that, like, Barry might be cheating. He's been acting really weird. He came home smelling like Chanel. And you just see, like, Rachel, like, fold into herself because she's wearing it. And she's wearing, like, a high turtleneck, like, oh, and she's wearing velvet, by the way. Like, long sleeve, mock turtleneck, velvet, what I suspect is a bodysuit. Yes, with snaps down at the bottom. My little 90s heart is just so fucking happy. Um, and so he, she goes, well, no, he acted really weird right after we got engaged. It's perfectly fine. And she goes, 
Well, I kind of have to tell you something. When you and Barry got engaged, um, we kind of had a thing. And so Rachel's like, oh, Mindy. Oh, stupid, stupid Mindy. Like, I slept with him, you know, yesterday, basically. Yesterday. And they start apologizing to each other. And they hug. Now, Joey comes in at the end and is being really gross. And the reason why is earlier when they are in the kitchen, Rachel had said, like, Mindy was one of my best friends when I was little. Like, we went to camp together. She taught me how to kiss. Right. So we have so we have an allusion to a girl kiss like we had in the last episode. Yes. But, but teaching someone how to kiss is not necessarily I'm going to kiss you. Because my I friends and I, it was... Things. You can do yeah. smear things. It was like kissing your inside of your elbow too. There was a lot of weird anyway. Um, but Joey's kind of like, mm, how you doing? Because they're hugging. So he's gross. Super gross. He's being he and Barney are just they see the two thing. of their female friends or one female friend hugging another woman and instantly they go to like, I want this to be a threesome. Like, don't be gross. Well I know, I'm sorry. I'm I'm asking too much. Too much of them. So then he goes upstairs and he tells Chandler that he actually did turn off the phone because he had been trying to call him and couldn't get through. So Joey went to the building next door and got the name of the person that lives in whatever apartment like he counted up and over and got called information, got the name. It's the name is Sydney. So he calls and it turns out Sydney is a woman. And so he starts to yell. He's like, you need to stop looking at me and my friends, whatever. And then she basically compliments him. And he's like, oh, I work out a little. Yeah, like free weights. And Chandler and Monica are like, no, stop taking the compliment. Like, you got to yell at this person. And then um, the person on the phone, Sydney, goes, are you there with, like, the brunette? And, oh, yeah, that green dress she was wearing the other day. She looked like Ingrid Bergman. Like, and you see Monica just be like, oh, stop. So... Like, someone is invading their privacy, but you give them a compliment about how cute they were looking, and suddenly it's like, okay. Uh, I, I like compliments. So, if you got caught one of these times, like, in your own house, but with the window open, blah, 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 and, like, somebody was like, that was really hot, I saw you from the street, you wouldn't be like, ew, gross. Like, don't look. Okay, that would be extra. But if they were like, wow, your outfit was super cute... Yeah, but Joey's still going off of the, like, I want to walk around my house naked, and I can't because I have a peeping Tom across the street from me. Well, close your windows. I know. it's. I mean, that's what, yeah, blinds. So um, Rachel goes to Barry's office, and he opens the door, and he starts to say hi to her, and then Mindy walks in behind, and you kind of see his face fall. And so he's like, you're both here, and she's like, Rachel goes, yeah, we're both here to break up with you. And he's like, he starts to apologize, and he's like, I you know, I did, I only love you and I didn't, whatever. And she looks at him and goes, who are you talking to, Barry? And he's like, uh, Mindy. Mindy. (laughs) It's always been Mindy. And she's like, we had sex twice yesterday and you couldn't have picked her out of a lineup. And even Mindy's like, you had sex twice? And she goes, yeah, well, it's Barry. The first one didn't count. So what does that say? All I can think of is that he's what we used to affectionately call a two-pump chump. So maybe there was a little premature ejaculation because he was so excited to get with Rachel again after seven months. Um, so he says to Mindy, we should go back to Aruba because Mindy went on the honeymoon with Barry. 
he was like he was just telling Rachel how great of a trip mm-hmm. it was and how much she would love it. Yeah. Oh, because I took your best friend. Who I was already sleeping with. It. Yeah. And I was already sleeping with her. And yeah. if you would have come with us, it would have been a threesome. Ooh, fun. So. No. Uh-oh, I think I lost the dog again. Oh, no, she actually laid down by the fireplace. Don't talk to her. Don't look at her. Okay, don't. So his nurse calls with a patient emergency. Someone is choking on their retainer, which sounds terrible. Um, I don't know how you get a whole retainer anywhere near your throat. I just didn't. No, 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 no. I can't. Remember me and dental things. Don't talk about it. So yeah. Rachel's, like, really pumped. She tells Mindy, like, get in here, you know, yell at him. It feels really great. And Mindy's like, yeah, I'm still going to marry him. And Rachel goes, yeah, but he's evil. Like, he's the devil. He's Satan in a smock. <laughs> Which is really funny. Um, and Mindy just says, but I really want to be Mrs. Oh. Dr. Barry Farber. DDS. He, oh, it's so gross. Like, I've never wanted to marry someone for... I mean, nobody I know has a title, necessarily. I will say there there was a moment when Mike... Like, when I really thought Mike and I could be, like, a long-term end-up together, where I do think it would have been cute if I was Julie Mills. Right. And that's fine. Like, but I really... Last names. Yeah. But, like, he's treating her so poorly, and she's like, it's all worth it because I'm going to get status yeah and where they live that's i mean that's who their friends are it's really not great so happiness right do you mindy so rachel and monica are talking and rachel's like yeah i made the right choice and they hug and joey comes in and he's like "Mm, big day just like being super gross again um and so then we're back at the cafe this is like end scene so they're talking about the um food characters again and everyone's like yeah but mr peanut is a better dresser he's got the monocle and phoebe goes right but you know he's gay (laughs) and ross is like are you outing mr peanut um and then this woman walks in and it turns out it's the woman chandler went on the date with and he's been playing phone tag with so she had his number wrong she called information and got it and then couldn't get a hold of him. So she just came down to, like, basically, she says check on him, but, you know, say hi. And they should go out again sometime. And Chandler's like, cool, you know, let's let's do that. I'll give you a call. And she leaves. And Monica's like, see, you can go out with her again. And he's like, yeah, I don't think I will because, like, that was super needy. I want to punch him in the throat. And the funny thing is, is, like, I still love Chandler so much. Like, he's, I love him so much. But his, he is the equivalent of a person who wants what he can't have, and when he gets it, he doesn't want it anymore, like a child with a toy. Yes, and I also think it has a lot to do with his social insecurities. Like, now somebody is paying him the attention that he wanted, but he can't handle the actual, so, like, I I do sort of get it, but also, what the actual fuck? Yeah. Um, okay, so this isn't necessarily my favorite episode of this one. Like, again, there's some pretty funny, like, little one-liners and whatnot, but I don't love, I mean, I don't think anybody does, but I definitely don't love the cheating, you know, subplot. Like, Barry seems pretty gross. Like, Rachel, you know, I just don't even see them together. Like, it's just really funny. I don't know if it's just the casting of the actor, but it's almost kind of like, I just, that 
how were you guys even together? Really playing up the nerdy stereotype ends up being a doctor. Yeah. Gets hot girl. So, twice. do you have your friend of the day? Barney. Oh, you stole mine. Okay, why? Because and these are the feelings that I have about Barney. The more I actually watch How I Met Your Mother in depth, he really is like a true blue friend. He is trying to get in to help them find the band, but ultimately when he steals the head again and starts running, like that was yeah. defining moment. And yeah, he's super sleazy and he's a womanizer and whatever. Like I get that and I don't love that part, but when it comes to the people that Barney really cares about, he is all in. Yeah. All in. Absolutely. Um, I would have to say him as well, um, and if not him, then Robin. Because, again, just like in um, whatever episode it was, going to Philly, oh, licking the Liberty Bell, um, her saying to uh, Lily at the bar, you know, put your ring back on, why are you trying to have dudes hit on you? Like, that's gross. You know, you have what every girl in here is looking for. And again, not necessarily her. And she doesn't say it in the bathroom in a way of, like, she just says, okay, I have to ask this because you and Marshall are so cute together. Are, do you have, are you having second thoughts? Right. I think she wants Lily to be able to tell her, yes, I am. What can I do about it? And not necessarily that Robin knows the answer, but I think she is in that way, like, a very good sounding board because she's not going to try and solve the problem. She just wants to let Lily talk it out. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm upset that I didn't do all these things and now I'm looking at two months to a wedding and feeling like I can never do any of those things. I do wish and I would have loved if Robin, but I don't think she knows Marshall well enough yet to do this, if Robin had said, why haven't you talked to Marshall about these things? Right. And, and I think that I think that is exactly why. Like, she's not in... Right. She's Lily's Mark. friend. Right. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a friend's friend, I would pick... I don't really God. have anybody because this was... It, it, it's like a really throwaway episode. It kind of is a throwaway episode. I mean, I think it sets up some stuff that's going to happen later with Barry and Mindy, with Ross and Rachel, with, you know, like, it. it's some things that you kind of need to know about for future plot lines. But I don't necessarily think that anybody stands out because, like, you know, Monica's trying to talk her out of it, and that's fine, and that's what she should be doing. Ross is trying to, in his own very selfish ways. Phoebe's kind of just around. Chandler's having a meltdown because a girl may or may not like him, and he can't handle it because he's 12. And Joey wants to walk around naked. (laughs) Okay, Joey wins. We're the same. I mean, living alone, I already told my mom that when I get settled at my aunt and uncle's house, especially if no one's planning on being over there, there needs to be a text and then wait 15 minute rule. Yep. Because if it's a house where I can close the blinds and I'm working from home, I might be in like shorty shorts and a little, you know, bralette. Like, don't just pop by. Don't do that. (laughs) I have done that to enough people and it did not turn out well. So I I will never (laughs) do it to people ever again. Um, okay, so we have two more episodes of How I Met Your Mother. We have four more episodes of Friends. I think we're going to play some, um, trivia 
um, at the end of the season with some people. I'm going to work on setting that up. Hopefully I will be back by then and we can have some people over to my aunt's house or something um, and get that figured out. But we would love to hear from our fans on um, social media, email, or with an iTunes uh, rate and review. So our social media handles are How I Met Your Friends Pod. On Twitter, it's H-I-M-Y Friends Pod. So you can still find us just typing in How I Met Your Friends into the search bar and it will come up. Um, but if you have a review that you you don't use iTunes and you just want to send it to us via email, it's howimetyourfriendspod at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you. Um, I can't think of anything else tonight, Kathleen, can you? Trivia, if you have some trivia questions oh, that yeah. you think we might not know the answer to, uh, send that over. If you want to tell us how funny we are. Uh, <laughs> if you want to tell us. To stop going on so many tangents, we will absolutely take it under consideration, but no we honestly we try, right? cannot <laughs> promise that. Um, if you want to hang out with us when we're all in Central Oregon, we can do that, because we like friends. I mean, not just the show, like, you know, real yeah, people. Yeah, we like actual people. Um, um I, I think... Well, and I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a really, really short break after season one is over, just maybe like even a week or two. Um, but I definitely want to get together with you, Kathleen, because I think we're going to start talking about a Patreon and oh. some things that people might be able to like um, get from being one of our Patreons. And I'm batting around an idea of letting someone come and actually be a guest on the pod at a certain oh. level of a Patreon. Ooh. So if people are interested in that, I know we have some of our other friends' um, podcasts like Handbag Marinara and The Worst Friend. Um, I would love to have one yeah. of those ladies on for a crossover thing or something like that. Um, but again... That one I think would just be fun. Like, I'm not going to – they're not being a Patreon in that way. But I think if some of our other listeners are very interested in um, having a little conversation with us, I think we should talk about um, letting them do that through Patreon. Okay. So we'll figure that out. We have a little bit of more research to do on how Patreon works exactly. Because, what we need to function. Yes. What and, and just some more other fun stuff that, like, we might have is, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Swag. Like, get some swag made or something that has to do with... people that do t-shirts and stickers. Yes, that kind of stuff. So, because you know how I feel about stickers. They're oh all my over God, my laptop. imagine my face on a t-shirt? No, don't do that. I don't want that. No, like, if someone... My car- grandma would buy it. I think if someone could cartoon us. Ooh. It would yeah. be really easy. I know. It would be really fun. Younger, so, sort of. Get, get a little avatar look or something. Those are the girls. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it yeah. for tonight. So until next week, thank you for listening, everybody, and bye. Okay, bye.